when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out. To contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope want to jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while in Sail Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS.
Hey, this is Ken Kersinger, a.k.a. Jason from Freddy vs. Jason. Just letting you know you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. He's done some acting bits. He's done some stunt work, which has been a majority of his career. Most of the fans who listen to the show are familiar with this gentleman's work as Jason Voorhees from Freddy vs. Jason back in 03. Ken Kersinger, how are you doing, sir? Very good, son. Nice to hear from you. Likewise. Since it was yesterday, I might as well say it again on the phone here with you. Uh, happy Canada Day. <laughs> yes, happy Canada Day. We had a good, we had a good time. Uh, uh, had a few friends over and uh, uh, did our social distancing, but uh, but uh, had a fun time. Well, that's a, always a good thing. How's I know you're calling from uh, the Vancouver area, but how is the weather currently? We we haven't quite hit our summer here yet. It's still uh, kind of cloudy, uh, but warming up. Uh, so uh, it's it's not not sunny California by a long shot. But you'll take it being a nice part of the world, that's for sure. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, I always heard about Vancouver, but also Vancouver Island being a nice part of the countryside there. I actually I grew up on the southern tip of Vancouver Island uh, in uh, a place called Victoria. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful over on the island. Actually, I, the reason I was a little late calling is because my, uh, my wife is, uh, headed over there to, uh, visit a friend, uh, and I still have family there. Okay, right on. Yeah. So, first and foremost, what made you decide to go into the stunt world? Uh, I read an article about uh, stuntmen when I was very young, about 12 years old, uh, a stuntman named Hal Needham, and uh, that kind of turned me on to it, so I always had that in the back of my mind. And then uh, as I got older, when I was in university, uh, my brother was playing in the CFL, and I was playing college basketball, so I thought I'd switch over to football, and uh, I didn't make it through the first season. I blew my knee out. And uh, so my sister is living in Los Angeles, uh, and she still does. Turned out her next-door neighbor was the property master on the old Fall Guy TV series. He uh, hooked me up with a stunt guy that worked on the show, and uh, that guy gave me the number of a, of a stunt guy here in uh, Vancouver. And uh, so when I got back, I called him, a fellow by the name of John Wardlow, and uh, we spoke for a few hours, and I think it was uh, uh, only a a month or two later, I was working on my first uh, movie, Superman 3, and this, was, again, was while I was still in university. So I started working in the film business before I uh, before I left university. But, you know, the key question, at least for some parents and all, would ask, did you finish university? You know what? I didn't. I, <laughs> I was going away. I was started to work a fair bit. And uh, I was missing classes and uh, turning in papers late and, and uh, kind of had to make a choice of whether or not I was going to keep being a stuntman or, or finish my degree, which was a, a major in uh, physical education with a minor in English. And I just thought, you know what, I've got this great career. 
uh, already. Uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll go back and finish my degree one day. But uh, but I never went back. I said I ran away and I joined the circus. You know, it was just <laughs> too much fun uh, not to. And uh, it was, you know, I just loved being a stuntman. It was so much fun. Every day was different. You didn't know what you were going to be doing or who you'd be doing it with. And and uh, you know, one day you're wrecking a car, another day you're set on fire, another day you're doing a high fall. And and uh, I just remember some of the happiest times of my life were. You know, taking my big stunt bag and throwing it in the front seat of my my Corvette and driving off to work and and uh, you know thinking I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. <laughs> well, like I said, you've been doing this for several years now, obviously. But how do you feel overall with all the stunt work, the bumps, the bruises? Because it's not an easy line of work. How are you feeling currently? Well, it's you know it all takes its toll. Um, it's like if you play any professional sport, it's going to take uh, – you're going to get injured. The injury rate in stunt work is 100%, just like the injury rate in pro football is 100%. And uh, and I was always an athlete, uh, so I was used to bumps and bruises and, and uh, sprains and the odd broke down. And so it wasn't too much different than what I was doing. Um and at this point in my life, you know, it, it, it adds up. Uh, I've got a little more pain, but uh, maybe a lot less regret. That's for sure. Uh, do you have a uh, particular stunt that you're really fond of doing, whether it be car stunts or dropping into a bag from far heights, like you mentioned, or fire stunts? I liked, uh, I liked car stunts. Um, that's sort of one of the things I got started at early in my career, uh, developed the reputation as a driver. And, and, uh, so that was always fun. Plus you got a big chunk of steel wrapped around you and, you know, you don't, you don't get banged up as much, uh, sliding cars around corners as you do, you know, uh, jumping out of a speeding car or, or, you know, doing stair falls all day. Um, so I, I enjoyed the car stunts. Uh, I guess uh, uh, maybe most of all, and and uh, but uh, you know I, I like doing fire gags too because they they pay really well, and uh, you know you're not getting bumped and uh, getting banged up too much. You just set yourself on fire for a little while and collect a nice big paycheck. And we always like to get paid if we're going to do be putting ourselves at risk. That's for sure. Yeah, well, that was, you know, that was all part of the deal. You uh, you get your daily rate, then you get what they call a stunt adjustment, and uh, and uh, you know that's on top of whatever your daily rate was. And uh, in Canada, we have a, a situation where they have a buyout, where they buy you out for a period of years, instead, and then you start collecting residuals. Uh, and in the states, okay. you just go straight. You in the states, you go straight to residuals, but the buyout can be you know, uh, 70 to 150 percent of whatever you make that day. So uh, Canadian stuntmen were actually, I, I think, were maybe one of the highest uh, paid stuntmen in the world. That's beautiful to know. You know, I might have to move to Canada and become a stuntman then. <laughs> but well, obviously, is there, yeah, is there a particular style of stunt you did not and don't? like doing uh i was never a huge even though i did them i was never a huge high fall guy um i you know 
I'm not a gymnast. I don't have the best air sense. Uh, uh, you know, I certainly had to do them, but I knew that was going to be an issue with me in the beginning. So um, what I did was I went skydiving, and uh, and I thought if I can make myself jump out of a plane, uh, then uh, then I can uh, make myself do anything. And uh, so I did that, and that gave me the confidence to uh, to you know take those high fall jobs when they came along. Okay, right on. Uh, now, obviously, like I said in the intro, most people are familiar with your acting style as Jason Voorhees from Freddy versus Jason. Were you a fan of horror growing up? I I really loved horror growing up. Uh, I you know I. I tell this story about, you know, when my parents would go to bed on Friday night, I would, you know, wait till I thought they were asleep and then I'd get up and turn the TV on and, you know, sit six inches from the TV and, and watch, you know, thriller, killer theater and uh, all those late night uh, horror movies. And uh, so I really loved, I did love, you know, horror movies growing up. Um, I sort of got into sci-fi a bit more as I got older, but, uh, but uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, obviously, before I get into the movie questions about F versus J there, uh, I know from time to time you've done horror conventions, sci-fi conventions uh, all over the world. Are you a guy who would be a fan as well that, because you grew up watching the, the sci-fi and the horror, do you find yourself maybe checking out some of the convention to find new things or little knickknacks that you might want to take home as well? You know, I, I always make a point of uh, taking a stroll around to see what's out there, and uh, a lot of times you see the same things, but uh, the odd time there's something that stands out. I'm not, you know what, I'm not a huge collector of things. Um, you know, uh, there are a few things I wish I had bought. I, uh, there's this great statue of, uh, of Jason from Freddy vs. Jason where he's sitting on the bed holding the, uh, the uh, teddy bear. And uh, that all stems from a, a photo that the onset camera guy took uh, uh, without me even really knowing. I was waiting to do a, a shot, and uh, we're in Jason's bedroom, and, and the teddy bear was on the bed. So I picked it up to look at it, and the camera guy took a picture of it. And um, and that's, you know, been out there now, and, and they made a statue of it. And, uh, and I actually, I, I kind of... You know, if I was going to have anything, it would be that that one, because um, uh, I think it speaks to sort of the depth we brought to Jason in Freddy vs. Jason that you never saw in any of the other Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, I, I've seen that statue, but just online, so I know the one you're talking about. But uh, I, the reason I asked that question was because I spoke to Robert England years ago when one of his uh, newer movie, independent movies came out. He said there's from time to time that when he's at shows, he mend up. He sometimes he he joked saying sometimes I gotta bring an extra bag because I'll buy stuff and next thing I know I'm checking checking an extra bag in the airport to go home or wherever I'm going. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? He's. I think he's more of a collector than I am. Um, you know what, what? What I have a collection of is, and I'm sure Robert does too, is, is uh, a lot of the, the fan art um, that people bring you and give to you. Um, and that's usually what I end up taking home from uh, you know conventions. And you know, it can. Uh, I think the last show I did, some guy gave me a Freddy versus Jason um, 
uh, glass, and uh, so it's etched with Freddie and Jason on on this glass, and so that's my favorite uh, beer drinking glass, and uh, I get small, uh, you know, Jason uh, ring or or uh, or some, uh, you know piece of artwork that somebody's uh, drawn for me, and you know some are better than others, but uh, uh, I you know they do them in crayon, they do them in uh, oils, uh, so I you know I think. People take the time to do that. It's pretty cool to bring it home, and and, uh, and I, I have a, a cache of those kind of things. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But speaking of Robert and the movie, what was it like for you coming from mostly from the stunt world, but a little bit of acting to full on acting work with Robert Englund? Well, you know, Robert was just, you know, he's so nice and. Uh, Really, just he was so friendly right from the beginning, and you, you never know what to expect, right? I, I've worked with a lot of actors and different capacities, and and uh, I remember working on Legends of the Fall with uh, Anthony Hopkins, and uh, one morning we're getting in the van to go to the set, and Anthony Hopkins uh, he's wearing a big buffalo robe and plops himself uh, plops himself down beside me, and he goes, "Hello, my name is Tony." And uh, Robert's like that. He's just uh, – I, I remember the first time I met Robert, I walked into the makeup trailer, and, and uh, he was just getting – he was getting his makeup on, his hours of makeup on. And, uh, you know, he introduced himself and, and uh, said, well, we'll be seeing each other for the rest of our lives now. And I said, why is that? He goes, convention. I'll tell you all about it. And uh, so, uh, you know, we got to know each other working on the set, of course, and then, you know, we do. We see each other uh, fairly often. And and uh, had some really good times together. And uh, when the movie first came out, we we traveled Europe together uh, promoting it. And uh, Robert had brought his wife Nancy along, and so they were always taking me out for dinner. And uh, I remember we were in um, Amsterdam, and Robert has this favorite hotel called the Pulitzer that he liked to stay at. And I was supposed to stay at a different hotel, and he goes, No, 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 you're going to come stay at the Pulitzer. And, and he and he paid for my room and. And uh, Robert and Nancy and I, we all, you know, we went out for dinner and, and uh, you know, had a little bit to drink and partied a little in, in Amsterdam. And, and uh, I remember Nancy took some great pictures. But, uh, they, you know, I finally, when we got to Paris, I finally had to say to them, you know, listen, I'm, I'm leaving you guys alone. You know, we're in Paris, for God's sake. Uh, you know, go out. I feel like a third wheel. Go out and enjoy yourselves. And, um, so, you know, to give them a little time on their own and stuff. But, uh it was so great because everywhere we went, people recognized Robert. Uh, yeah. And, uh, go to Robert knows where all the best restaurants are, and and uh, we walk in and it's oh, Mr. England, and uh, you know they bring over the guest books to sign, and and I remember Nancy made me learn how to draw a Jason mask because uh, Robert does a great little drawing of Freddie, and uh, so <laughs> Nancy made me learn. Uh, to draw a, a mask of uh, Jason, so when we signed the guest book, we we you know did our little drawings and and uh, so yeah, I mean it's been fantastic experience uh, working with Robert and, and and knowing him all these years now. Yeah, because and the thing is too, people who uh, are familiar with him, the stories that man has, and especially like you said, you would sit back and have a cocktail or two. The stories I'm sure you guys were exchanging. With. Quite entertaining, yeah, for sure. Well, he's now I'm curious to know. Oh, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say he's you know he's been around a long time. He knows a lot of people, and uh, yeah, and he's got a lot of good stories. Well, with the end of the movie, you know they see you walking out of the lake and him carrying Robert's head there. Who do you honestly think uh, won the the fight? If you're going to say that, because he winks and all at the end, but yet you were dominant. Well, I, my, I guess my go-to on that when I get asked that question is I, I, I won by a head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how you put that. Yeah. But uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Robert and I, Robert and I joke when we, uh, you know, Robert and I love each other, and uh, but when we sit and sign together, uh, uh, we love to badmouth. Uh, you know, we'll let, write little bubbles. Uh, you know, on pictures where Freddie's saying something bad about Jason, and then Jason says something bad about Freddie, and, and uh, so we have a lot of fun with that. Oh, so is this like the? Uh, I just recently was chatting with C.J. Graham, and he said him and Kane Hodder go back and forth. Like C.J. would mess with a, put one of his pictures in Kane stuff, and that kind of thing, where you guys are just screwing with each other. Well, it's more more about us. Uh, uh, just uh, continuing the the battle between Freddie and Jason, uh, and because uh, Jason never speaks in the movie, and even when we did inter- interviews, uh, we did this famous thing uh, in Vegas where they introduced us like two fighters before the movie yeah. came out, and uh, and we had to do all these interviews, and so I'm sitting in the chair with Robert, and and we're both in character, so I'm not allowed to say anything. And uh, Robert gets all the banter and stuff like that. So this is a bit of uh, uh, Jason's revenge, but uh, you know when he gets to because Jason can't speak, but he he can apparently write so, <laughs> and draw so, and everything else. Yeah, we just have we have fun with that. You know, uh, Robert and I were really disappointed that they never did a uh, Freddy versus Jason two. You know, they they had come to us right after the movie was a huge success, and uh, you know. The, we want Ronnie Yu, we want Robert, we want you, Ken, and, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, and, you know, I remember how excited Robert was about that and how I was, and and, uh, and then it just faded away. They couldn't get the rights from Raimi. Uh, excuse me, I have to sneeze. Um, but uh, anyway, it just faded away, and, and so, you know, inevitably when Robert and I get together, we talk about that, and, you know, Robert saw was, oh, they left so much money on the table. You know, we we really should have done another one. But I, I've also heard that there's a, a big, they've settled the rights for uh, Freddie. And uh, Robert, uh, there's rumors that Robert may get to portray uh, Freddie again. And uh, I'm so excited for him if he gets to do that. Absolutely. Uh, well, one of my favorite stories I heard, at least from the movie, I believe it was in a DVD extra or somewhere, you know, at this point, don't know exactly where I heard the story at first. But can you tell the story briefly about when you had to go to get your bridge fixed in your mouth at the dental office but still in makeup and just scared uh, people yeah. out? Yeah, it was, the, it was the only day that I had full makeup on. Um, usually in my face is just uh, covered by the mask, but we were doing the scene with Kelly Rowland where – we're in the back of the van, and she lifts the mask up. And um, so they had these fake uh, Jason teeth, and uh, they're supposed to put Vaseline on your own teeth before they slip those on. 
and uh, and I have I, you know I have a bridge. Uh, I had some teeth knocked out, and and uh, anyway, when I pulled the Jason teeth, or when they pulled the Jason teeth out, I pulled my bridge out as well. So they you know felt terrible. You know these these guys have been sleeping all you know getting very little sleep and stuff, and then everybody went into panic mode and. We got to get him to a dentist right away, and and um, so I and I was in full costume. Uh, um, I didn't have the jacket on. I had a, this brown hoodie, and uh, threw that on to kind of hide my face. And they took me to a, a nearby dentist's office, and I walk in, and there's a woman sitting in the waiting room, and she's reading a newspaper, so she's not looking at me. Uh, and it, they had been the dentist's office had been warned, so they weren't too surprised, and they kind of laughed a bit and. and stuff but this woman wasn't paying attention and and uh so i sit down across from her in the waiting room and she lowers the newspaper to turn a page and and uh, glances up at me and then immediately lifts the new the newspaper back up to hide to hide her face and i i think i could actually see the newspaper shaking and uh the i, I spoke to her in my normal voice i, I said listen don't worry it's just prosthetic makeup we're, we're doing a movie and and uh, there was a bit of an issue and she slowly lowers the, the newspaper she says oh my my god i thought they had found you in a sewer or something <laughs> <laughs> uh beautiful now the other story at least on the dvd side of things i heard which i guess is disappointing because of your background but maybe not that you wanted to do the fire stunt in that uh in the movie they going through the yeah. cornfield and all that fun stuff, but they wouldn't yeah. let you. Now, how do they decide, because you do have the background as a stuntman, but also I get it when you're dealing with uh, movies and such, and especially big-budget movies like that, insurance companies and all, you know, did, did you try to fight it and say, hey, I can do this, I know what I'm doing, I've done this before? So, yeah, no, and they and they were aware of that, Um you know, but uh, I remember when I mentioned that to him, I, I told him, I said, listen, you know, it was a bigger budget movie. We had main unit and second unit, and they do that so that they can uh, shoot the movie faster, and that saves them money. Um, and so I, I did say to the producer, listen, you know, there's only one stunt I really, really want to do, and that's the, the fire gag in the cornfield, because I knew it would get nominated for a World Stuntman's Award. And uh, World Stuntman Awards are were new uh, back then. Um, they're, they're called the Taurus uh, World Stuntman's Awards. And uh, anyway, they, he said, you know, Ken, he goes, you, you know, you got to remember we're hiring you as an actor. We're not hiring you as a stuntman, and uh, we don't want to risk that. And, uh, you know, that will likely be shot on second unit, and so we'd have to pull you away from main unit, and, and uh, that would slow our shoot time down and, you know, I asked, they said no. Uh, but the funny part about that is, uh, uh, the last night of filming, uh, you know, they're rushing to get everything done and stuff. And, and, uh, my, the guy who had doubled me, Glenn Ennis, who's a good friend of mine, um, I don't think he had ever done a fire gag before, but he got to do, he got to do, and it actually turned out to be eight full burns in that cornfield. Um, but, uh, so it was a big deal and it was, he made a lot of money doing that gag. Anyway, last night he's dressed in continuity for the scene where Jason's hand comes out of the ground, I think it was, and I was dressed uh, in the right wardrobe for when Jason, when the van flips and he goes flying out the back. Uh, okay. And, uh, 
which which was a ratchet. They hook a cable to you and 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 yank you out the back of the van. And uh, so they came to me and they said, "Would you mind doing the ratchet on the back of the van?" And I was kind of joking and said, "Well, I guess I'm expendable now." <laughs> <laughs> so I did the ratchet out of the back of the van, and my stunt double did the hand out of the grave. And and uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it was unfortunate, but they did. They hired me as an actor. And uh, and that's the way actors are treated. And, and uh, yeah, I was disappointed I didn't get to do it. Uh, but I did get set on fire during the movie accidentally. So uh, I did yet to do a was fire. Was this the scene that, uh, where you guys are in the cabin and Robert jokes about it? Well, no, that was that was pretty hot in there, too. But uh, there's another scene where uh, uh, Lachlan Monroe's character, uh, we're at the hospital. There's a control panel. And I grab him and I stuff him into the control panel and, and sparks yeah. go flying everywhere. And, and the, and the jacket I wear made of burlap. And so it's very dry and they spray paint it. So it's, you know, got an accelerant on it. And the sparks caught the jacket on fire when it wasn't supposed to happen. And, uh, so I stood there. I saw the flames licking up the front of my, my chest and, and, uh, uh, you know, I didn't panic or anything like that, but the crew did, and, and people are freaking out. And, and uh, one of the effects guys, I finally looked at him. I said, "A little help," and then he ran and grabbed the fire extinguisher and put me out. Yeah, you would think when, you know, especially with movies, they would know that hey, he's not supposed to catch fire here. <laughs> but a, a final question was a fan question. Was and it yeah. seems like an obvious question, but we'll go with it since they were nice enough to send it in. But did you have a favorite scene in particular you did with the Freddy versus Jason? Well, you know what the 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 the, the battle scene at the end, uh, which was shot over several nights. Um, I just think they did such a great job of giving everybody what they wanted, in as far as the you know this was all leading up to Freddy versus Jason in a big battle. And, and they just did a great job of using, uh, cause everybody was asking, well, how's Freddy going to stand a chance against, you know, Jason, he's huge, especially my Jason, you know, he was so much bigger than, than the others. And, and, uh, uh, you know, how's he going to stand a chance? But Ronnie, you, uh, to his credit, he's, he has a martial arts background and he knows that it isn't always the biggest guy in the fight that wins. And so, you know, Freddie used his intelligence, his speed, you know, uh, to, to, to advantage. And they really sold it that this was a, an even battle that could have gone either way. And the, and the way the, you know, the characters get whittled down, you know, Jason loses some fingers, Robert loses an arm, um, blood all over the place. Uh, it, the, the, you know, the pace of the fight, the way the fight built up to a big finale, uh, you know, who was going to win and, uh, you know, and then of course they left it open-ended with Robert winking at the end because I don't, every, I think everybody knows these two characters aren't going to be killed, uh, that there's, that there's going to be plenty of battles that nobody's really going to win the war. And, uh, so I, I, I just think they, the, the final battle scene was, I think, obviously the best, uh, the best, uh, part of the movie. Well, do you have any upcoming projects coming up that you want to promote? You know what? I'm I'm just writing scripts right now um, with the film industry shut down, basically, and just starting to crank up. Uh, there's nothing that I have to promote right now. Um, uh, but, 
but I'll keep everybody informed. Right on. Uh, Ken Kersinger, thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Hi, my name is Nicholas Vince, and you are listening to the Crazy Train Radio Show.